is let your light shine. Tell somebody, let your light shine. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the light of the gospel. Thank you for the glorious light of Jesus that is shining bright in us. Lord, may it continue to shine. Lord, challenge us, shake us up, stir us up, and encourage us this morning. Fill us with faith, God, to let our light shine bright in this spiritually dark world. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Our lobby looks a little different today, doesn't it? Okay, and that's one of the reasons why I gave y'all flashlights this morning. Did everybody get a flashlight? If you got a flashlight, come on, just wave it. If you didn't get a flashlight, raise your hand, and we'll make sure that you get one. And, and this wasn't just so you could see how to get to the auditorium. Okay? <laughs> I, I've got a point to this, so we got a couple up front. I got a point to this, and you'll see, hopefully... By the end of service today, uh, it's going to be a little reminder uh, about letting our lights shine. But we're kicking that off tonight, and our theme is it's the Influencer Conference. We're going to talk about influencers from the Word of God and how kids can be an influencer in their world and let their light shine. All right? So let's talk about light just a little bit. First John 1 John 1.5 says this, This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light. Tell somebody, God is light. Right? God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. No darkness. No darkness in God. You know, it's amazing that people who are far from God, when they're hurting and they're hopeless, they blame God for all the tragedy and pain in their life. The Bible says there is no darkness in God at all. God is light. There is no darkness in him. So God is being described in the Bible as pure light. And it fascinates me that when God created the universe, he didn't start with oceans. He didn't start with the skies. He didn't start with the rocks. He didn't start with diamonds. How did God begin creation? He said, let there be light. When the light is turned on, then God's creative power is released. When the light shines, then God begins to create everything else that we see. It starts with the light. Tell somebody, it starts with the light. That's how God operates. The light comes on, and then God goes to work. You know, some people call... Sunday, the Sabbath, and you call it that, bless your heart, that's okay, but, but, but Sunday is not the Sabbath, okay? The Sabbath, Shabbat, is Saturday, right? The last day of the week, that's the day of rest, but as Christians, we worship on Sunday, on the first day of the week, on the Lord's Day. Why do we do that? Because that's the day that Jesus rose from the dead, that means that every Sunday when we gather to worship, it's a reminder that Jesus is alive. Come on. We come in here on Sunday. We celebrate that Jesus is alive. And because he's alive, I'm alive. And because he got out of the grave, I'm going to get out of the grave. Because he has an empty tomb, I'm going to have an empty tomb, somebody. Hallelujah. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he die, yet shall he live. 
One day when I go to the funeral home and make those final preparations, I'm going to ask him, can I lease it? But I just need to borrow this for, I don't know how long, but I'm going to borrow it because, you see, Jesus got out of the grave, and I'm going to do that too one day. Hallelujah. We worship on Sunday because it's Resurrection Day. But here's something else about Sunday. Sunday is the day God began creation. It was on Sunday, the first day of the week, that God said, let there be light. And I don't know about you, but I think it's so powerful that we come on Sunday morning on the first day of the week and let the light of the Word of God shine into our lives so that God can begin to work on the rest of our week. Praise God. I think that's cool, y'all. And if you look back into the beginning of creation, God created mankind, man and woman, to live in the glorious light of God. But something happened, didn't it? We know what happened. It was a tragedy of the ages. Man walked away from God. They fell. And sin came into the world. And we inherited that sinful nature, didn't we? We're all part of the Adams family, right? Uh-huh. And when humanity walked away from God through sin and rebellion, when we walked away from the God who is light, we didn't cease to exist, but we started walking in darkness. And without the light of God, humanity has been walking in darkness ever since. There was a scientific study done a few years ago over in Germany by some German scientists, and what they did is they took a large group of people and they put them in a large auditorium and they lined them all on the wall. And they said, you have one job. You're you're against the wall. All you have to do is walk a straight line from this wall to the opposite wall. That's all you have to do. You have to walk from this side of the room in a straight line to the other side of the room. Simple, right? Okay, but there's a catch. We're going to turn the lights off. So they had monitors on everybody in the room, all these test subjects. They turned the lights off. They said, ready, set, go. And they found out something remarkable. They found out that every individual in this study... In darkness, started walking in circles. Not one of them crossed the room. They all, either to the left or to the right, started walking in circles. And the outcome of the scientific research was this. When surrounded by darkness, humans walk in circles. Without the light of God... We just walk in circles. We walk around and around and around the same old things. Oh, we try to convince ourselves that we're making progress, don't we? Oh, oh, there's a new iPhone out. Did you see what it does? Did you see the camera? That's so cool. We're, we're making progress. There's a new weird flavor of Ben and Jerry's out. Civilization is advancing. Right? Society is advancing. No, it's not. 
we're walking in circles. Without the light of God, we keep making the same mistakes. 5,000 years ago, there were wars and violence and injustice. And today, there are wars, violence, and injustice. Without the light of God... We walk in circles. We talked about this in the last series on the, in the days of Elijah. The problems that we're facing today are the same spiritual problems that Elijah dealt with 3,000 years ago. Without the light of God, humanity walks in circles. But how many in this house know today that God always has the last word? Amen? Amen? God had a plan from the beginning to bring the light back. So he calls his prophets, men and women of God, all throughout the Old Testament, prophesying and pointing toward a day when the light will be turned on again. Isaiah said, Isaiah 9 and 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And 2,000 years ago, the light came back on. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, steps into the world and proclaims, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And remember, when the light comes on, God begins to work. That's what happened when Jesus stepped into the history of humanity. Sinners were forgiven, the sick were healed, and even the dead were raised to life again. When the light shines, God begins to work. But there was one problem. Jesus was limited to a physical body. That means that Jesus couldn't shine the light in Jerusalem and Samaria and Havana and San Juan and Goldsboro all at the same time. But God had a solution to that problem too, didn't he? Because Jesus looked at his followers, he looked at us, and he said, you, tell your neighbor, you, <laughs> you are the light of the world. Boom, there it is. Jesus said, you're not just seeing the light. You're not just walking in the light. You are the light too. You see, Jesus brought us out of darkness into the light of God so that we, every one of us, would shine the light for all the world to see. And when the light shines, God gets to work. When you let the light of God shine through you, when you let God's light shine in your home, in your school, at your job, in your neighborhood, in your university, you know what you're doing? You're preparing the way to God to, for God to step in and work in those areas. Because when the light comes on, God begins to work and operate. When the light comes on, the miracle working power of God is released. When you shine the light of Jesus, when you step into your realm, into your avenue, into your atmosphere, and you say, let there be light, the creative power of God steps in. Church, when the light comes on, God works. And we're all carriers of that light. We are all ambassadors of the light of God. And what your world needs is for your light to shine. Notice I said your world. 
And I said, I didn't say the world. I didn't say my world. I said your world. Your house, your family, your workplace, your circle of friends, your sphere of influence. What your world needs is for your light to shine. Come on, tell somebody, your world needs your light. Amen. Come on, y'all preaching all right this morning. So how do we let our light shine? Be nice. Show kindness. Pray for people. Talked about this last week. Did you know almost nobody refuses prayer? Almost nobody. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a Buddhist atheist. You know, you could be anything now, right? <laughs> you could just add 50 titles. I'm all these things together. Well, can I pray for you? Sure. You call on the name of Jesus and pray the fire down and watch God work on them. Amen? Pray. What does the Bible say about prayer? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Show them that you tap into a power they don't know anything about. Come on. Things happen when we pray. I think about one day I've got my prayer partner in Africa, Mark Randall. He call, We call and talk and we pray every week when we can. And I remember one day I was tired. I was hangry. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're hungry and angry at the same time. I was extra hangry that day. I just wasn't feeling it, but I, I, well, I talked to him anyway. I prayed for him. He prayed for me. And I said, Mark, you know, uh, he said, well, well, you know, I feel like you need healing in your body. I said, well, I do. I've, I've got carpal tunnel in both hands. I've already seen the surgeon. I got my COVID test. The surgery scheduled, uh, and, and, and it's hurting. My, my wrists hurt all the time. I'm lost feeling in my fingers. I, I'm losing strength in my hands. He said, well, let me just pray for you. I said, all right, thanks, Mark. I was hangry. I was irritable. I was tired. I just won't, I won't, I won't, you know, feel in the spirit. Y'all know you have days when you're just high and you just see butterflies. And, you know, every time you sneeze, you see a, a vision of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, right? <laughs> this wasn't one of those days for me. It's one of those days where I just keep my mouth shut so I don't say nothing I have to uh, repent over. You know what I mean? I was just irritated that day. I wasn't feeling good. And Mark prayed over me, and when he prayed over me, I didn't feel anything. And he didn't shout speaking tongues either. It was just a simple, kind-hearted prayer. And I said, thank you. Didn't feel all the tingly-winglies. Didn't feel the Holy Ghost. Didn't feel nothing. But you know what? I woke up the next morning completely, totally healed. And I got to call. I got to call the surgeon and say, God healed me in both hands. You ain't getting my money, sucker. <laughs> Look what God did. <laughs> He's a better surgeon than you. Ha <laughs> ha. Never underestimate the power of prayer. Have compassion for people. Pray for them. Even if may, maybe they like Pastor Johnson, they hungry, hangry, and irritable, and don't want to talk to nobody. Pray for them anyway. God just might do a miracle in their life. How do we shine our light? Be nice. Be kind. I got to minister to somebody last night in Lowe's. I've been running Lowe's all week getting ready for this crazy thing we got that's going on. And I was talking to a lady customer service, and she said, somebody just came and cussed me out and told me that I was just rude. And I got to talk to her, and he said, you know what, I, I don't know you, you don't know me, but I come in here all the time. And, and I just started encouraging her in the Lord. 
And I could just see her countenance change that God used me, and I didn't really do it. I didn't give her a sermon or nothing. I just encouraged her in Jesus. Be nice. Be kind. Encourage somebody. Pray for them. Build them up. Tell them about Jesus. Testify of what God has done in your life. It can be big. It can be small. Let your light shine. I, I heard a testimony out of Moscow earlier this year. This guy said, you know what? I, I, I'm not a preachy kind of person. I'm not a pastory kind of person, but I can break dance. <laughs> so what he did is every day after work, he would go to the village square and he would break dance. And people would gather around and watch him. And once he had a crowd, he would stop and he would tell them about Jesus. He would shine his light that way. Be creative with it. You know what? He would break dance. He would tell them about Jesus, and people would get saved. And then he realized, we don't even have a church here. So you know what? He started a church. First church of the break dance. I don't know. (laughs) But within three years, he had led 1,500 people to Christ. And in this little village in Russia, there is now a church of 1,500 people that wasn't there before. Because he took what he had and he let his light shine. You might not think you have much, but I promise you, you have more than you think you have. Just like Pastor Lopez says, God sees more than you see. Come on, somebody. When the light shines, God gets to work. Now, I've got a little illustration before we go home and pray. But I, I just want to show, show you this morning that we are all different. That we all have unique gifts and unique personalities. And God uses all of them. Okay? God uses all of them. We're all different. And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. When it comes to shining the light, we shine the light in different ways. So I've got just seven different types of bulbs that represent seven different types of believers this morning. Are y'all ready today? I'll make this quick. I just want to show you that we're all different and God uses us all in different ways. So here's the first bulb. This is called the warm light. Somebody say the warm light. Okay. This is the, the warm and bubbly Christian. You're just always friendly. You're always happy. You think about a warm light, it just warms up a room, right? The warm light bulb turns a, a house into a home, it turns a, a church into a family. You're always hugging people. You're always encouraging them. You're always smiling. I mean, if you're, if you're a warm light bulb in the kingdom of God, I mean, you can sit next to a warm light bulb and the airplane is going down and they're looking out the window saying, oh, look, there's the Grand Canyon. <laughs> they're just always so happy and always so full of joy. And I'm very thankful for some warm light bulbs in the kingdom of God. Amen. Okay, so that's the warm light bulb. Maybe you're not the warm light bulb. Maybe you're not just always happy and bubbly. But, but maybe, just maybe, you're God's oven lamp. 
The oven lamp is it's not famous. It's often not even seen at all. How many of y'all have ever looked at your oven lamp, right? Most of you have never even seen that light bulb. But the, the oven lamp is so important, not just because it lets us know when the cheese is melted on the frozen pizza. The oven lamp is important because it's always serving behind the scenes. You don't need a platform. You don't need the recognition of people. You're just faithfully serving. You don't need a stage. You don't need spotlights. You don't need recognition. You're just consistently shining the light that God gave you. Now, here's an encouragement for the oven lights in the kingdom of God. You might not feel significant and you might not feel important, but the oven light has a strength that none of the other light bulbs have. Because the oven light can shine at 500 degrees. That means that when the heat is on, the oven light can persevere, can push through, can take the heat and just keep on shining. Can we thank God for the oven lights? Amen. That's the oven light. All right. Maybe you're not the oven light. Next, next we, have, we got the fancy bulb. Uh-huh. Maybe you're the crystal and tungsten fancy bulb that is designed for the chandeliers of power and influence. Maybe God has called you to be a legislator that will rewrite the laws of this nation. Maybe God has called you to be a lawyer to, re- to restore justice and godliness. Maybe God has called you to be an influencer or a journalist who will point thousands of people to Jesus. Maybe God's called you to be a successful business person who will raise millions in capital to fund ministries and missions around the world. The kingdom needs fancy light bulbs. Amen? Amen. If you're a fancy light bulb, your parents probably recognize this at an early age because of your campaign to be president of student council of your kindergarten. (laughs) Or because you were the judge Judy of the playground selling disputes among your peers. Right? Or because you had a business negotiation with your teacher over more recess time. But I believe now more than ever, God is raising up men and women of influence in government, in universities, in the business world. How many of you know we need some more fancy light bulbs? Amen. All right. Two of you clap. The rest of you will get it later. That's all right. Those who didn't clap for the fancy one, you'll like this one. Next, we got the party bulb. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, this one's kind of tilted, and that's on purpose. It's it's full tilt boogie. All right. (laughs) You love to have fun, and you love to make other people laugh. I'll be honest with you. I got a little bit of party bulb in me, and if it wasn't for the pastoral anointing on my life, I wouldn't do nothing but joke and cut up all the time. I'm the kind of person who internally will say the most inappropriate things at the most inappropriate t- appropriate times if it's funny. You know what I mean? It's just, I gotta say it. <laughs> but God in his grace has helped me to mature. <laughs> Maybe you're the kind of person you only have one mode, and that is full volume, full energy, all the time. 
Okay, if you're the, the party bulb of the kingdom of God, okay, maybe you're, you're driving down William Street and you don't even have an engine in your car. <laughs> you're just being pushed by all the speakers. You got like boom, 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 boom. Right? You're powered by your subwoofer and your steering wheel doesn't even steer your car. It's just a big volume nub like turn it up, turn it up. You're the party bulb. <laughs> and maybe sometimes you need to relax and realize that, that the kingdom of God is more than just full volume and high energy all the time. But with that said, I'm glad we got some party bulbs in the kingdom. Amen? Some of y'all are party bulbs. I know it. I see you. I see you thumping in the parking lot. <laughs> now the next one if you got any sunglasses, you might need it for this one. The next one is the searchlight. I'm scared to even screw this one in. I'm going to have to squint. Well, that's bright. Facebook Live just blacked out. <laughs> you got some shades in the back. There you go. That's smart. This one is the searchlight, and this bulb reveals stuff that no other bulb reveals. This is the prophetic gift in the kingdom of God. If you're a searchlight, you spot sin a mile away. You see it coming a mile. Everything is cut and dry, black and white for you, okay? These lamps are high-definition bulbs, and everything is crystal clear. Sin is sin. That is that. You have no tolerance for anything that is even remotely worldly. And this bulb can't stand this guy. <laughs> Searchlight bulb don't like party bulb. Searchlight bulb don't like the foyer today, okay? <laughs> but here's the thing I know people who've been led to Jesus by party bulb because they saw that Christians are not all stuck up and condescending looking down on them they said they met some Christians who are fun who like to cut up and have personality but I know people who are led to Jesus by searchlights because what they needed was not a friend and not somebody to party with them but to call out their sin for what it was the thing is, God uses both of these. And we need both of these. We don't need searchlight hating on party light and party light hating on searchlight. We need these two bulbs to recognize that they both need each other. That God designed you like this to reach people that only you can reach. And God designed you like this to reach people only you can reach. Now, here's the thing about a searchlight. Because everything is so cut and dry, lying in the sand, that light is bright. It's hard to look at sometimes. Sometimes, if you're a searchlight and God has hardwired you with that prophetic gift, sometimes it can be lonely. You can feel isolated. But we love you and we need you in the kingdom of God, especially now. Can we thank God for the searchlights, for the prophetic gifts? Amen? Maybe you have it connected with any of these. Maybe you're God's darkroom bulb. Mm. 
Maybe God has hardwired you so that when other people see a blank photo sheet, you see a beautiful picture. And you love on people, and you invest in people, and you share the word of God, and you have conversations, and you don't give on, up on people that the, other world, that the world's given up on, or that other believers have given up on. Where they look at and see a, a, a blank picture, you see a beautiful image of what God has put inside of them. I don't know about you, but I, I've had some, some darkroom bulbs in my life that God has used to develop some things that I didn't even know I had inside of me. Aren't you thankful for some darkroom bulbs in God's kingdom? And here's the last one. Last one. Almost done. If you can still see. Here's the last bulb. Some of y'all are like, what is that? And that's the point. Maybe... You're a mercury in LED bulb. Maybe you're just a little weird. That's, uh, that's my word from the Lord for you today. You're weird. The last one is the weird bulb because honestly, may maybe you're just orbiting in your own universe and you never f really fit in anywhere else. Maybe you're just different from the other people around you, your life has been different. Your experiences have been different. Maybe you're the guy when all the other guys are talking about sports, all you're thinking about is the coins you're collecting. I mean, I don't get excited about a touchdown, but I get excited when I find a wheat penny in my chains from McDonald's. I mean, maybe you're just different. Maybe you're wired different. You, you, you respond differently. You think differently. When your friends go to see the latest Marvel movie in the theaters, you're home watching a Belgian black and white movie from 1932, eating Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> Maybe you're just different. And because you're a bit different, and because you never really seem to fit in, maybe you feel like God can't use you. But I want you to know this morning that if you have Jesus in your heart, the light of God is inside of you. And no matter how differently you're wired, God has put that light inside of you for it to shine in the way that he created you. Because there are people that you can reach that none of these other light bulbs can so you embrace who God made you to be, and you let the light of Jesus shine. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank God for the, for the odd bulbs in the kingdom. God uses odd bulbs. Gideon was a weird bulb. He was from the, the, the lowest family in the smallest tribe in Israel. And God used that guy to deliver the whole nation. You might feel inadequate, not good enough, but you put your life in God's hands and God will be more than enough through you. And when I look at, I'll leave the weird bulb on, amen? When I look at these bulbs, I see the church. I see a beautiful mixture of all different kinds of bulbs. Because the church is not a group of identical people. 
And it's not a group of people who are trying to become identical. The gifts are many, but the Spirit is one. If these two lampstands, they're plugged into the same outlet, church. We might all be different and have different personalities and different gifts, but it is the same Spirit of God. It is the same power of God, and we are in the same family of God. Amen? We just need to make sure that we don't allow the diversity of the church to cause division of the church. We need to understand that even though we're different from one another, we need each other. We're not here to compete with each other. We're here to complete one another because we are all members of one body. Amen? Amen. Amen. So what about the flashlights? Come on, everybody grab your flashlight. Listen. I gave you all a flashlight, not just so you can make it back to the parking lot today. But I want you to take this with you as a reminder. Okay, flashlights are portable, right? This goes everywhere you go. That means that everywhere you go this week, God wants you to shine the light of Jesus. No matter what kind of bulb you got in your flashlight, you might have a fancy bulb, <laughs> an oven light. Okay, you might have a weird bulb. It's all right. You might be the party guy. Whatever you are, let the light of Jesus shine. Because when the light shines, God goes to work. Will you stand as we pray this morning? Father, we just thank you for today. And God, I just thank you for every light bulb, Lord. God, I thank you for every gift and for every talent. God, for every personality, for every culture. Lord, I just thank you that you've made us all different, Father, and that you perfected who we are, Lord. God, that you made us for a purpose, that each one of us have a destiny, Lord. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that we embrace how you made us, Father. Lord, that we don't look down on ourselves anymore, but God, that we see who you created us to be, Father. Lord, I just thank you for using our talents, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that some people who have laid their talents to rest or never picked up their talent, Father, Lord, that this morning that they'll have a renewed vision and a new sense of purpose, Father. Lord, I just thank you, Father, that you use us to be the light of the world, God, that you use us to drive out the darkness, Father. And Lord, I just thank you, Father, for being with us, Father. God, for renewing a sense of purpose this morning in some of your people, Father. Lord, I thank you some that have been lost, that this morning that they're finding their way back. God, that they see the light, Father. And Lord, I just thank you, Father, for creating us all different. Lord, I thank you, Father, for every culture that's represented. I thank you for every family unit that's represented, Lord. I thank you that we are all different coming together for one purpose. God, I thank you that there's always unity in this house, Lord. God, that you bless that unity, Father. And Lord, that you use us to be the light in the darkness in Goldsboro, Father. Lord, that you use us to be the light in the darkness in the world, Father, and in the nations, Lord. Lord, that we'll win many souls to you, Father. God, I thank you that you send people to us, Lord, to speak to and to minister to, Father. And Lord, that when we're afraid, God, that you just be with us. 
God, that when fear steps in and worry steps in, Lord, or when the enemy speaks doubt, God, that you drive out that darkness, Lord, and that we get a hold of who you've called us to be. Lord, you've called us to be men and women of God, warriors, not to be weak. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that even when we are weak, that you are strong. And Lord, that in our weaknesses, God, that we learn to rely on you, Father, that we know we cannot do it all in our own control, God. And Lord, this morning, that every single thing that the enemy has been trying to send into our mind and to break us down and to make us doubt who we are and who you are, Father, this morning, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, devil. You have no place and you have no authority in our minds. Lord, I thank you that peace, that hope, that love, that self-control, Father, that every single fruit of the Spirit, God, that we exemplify it in our life, Lord, and that in that, that people see the light of you in us, Father. Lord, that when we walk into a room, that your anointing and that your light is so strong upon us that we don't even have to speak because your presence goes in before us, Father. Lord, I thank you, Father God, for using us in a mighty way, Father. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we give you glory and we give you honor, Father. And we just thank you for every talent, Lord, and every gift that you have given us, Father. And we give you glory and honor, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, this morning, if... If you felt lost, like when he was talking about whenever you're in a dark room, you can't find your way around, this morning is a great opportunity to stop being lost, to stop running into the furniture, and to begin to see things in the light. If you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, this morning I want to give you that opportunity. And it's very simple. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to be perfect. God said, come to me the way that you are, just as you are. He's not looking for perfection. He's just looking for you just to come home. And this morning, if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe you found yourself wandering in the dark, today's the day to come home. And all you have to do is say this prayer after me, and I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in you. Save me. Set me free. Forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. And with your help, I'm going to live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just give him some praise. Heaven is roaring this morning for those that have rededicated their life or they've decided to turn their life around this morning. And we just thank God for that. The greatest gift you could ever receive is the gift of salvation. And it costs nothing. It's been freely given to us. Well, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come down to the front. If you need prayer, we want to agree with you in prayer. I encourage you to come down. 
Don't forget, tonight at 6.30 is our GC Kids Summit, our Influencer Summit. Bring all the kids. If you want to come, because you're a big kid, we invite you to come tonight at 6.30. We're going to feed the kids. We're going to have a wonderful time. If I could ask just a few people to hang back, we're going to take the chairs up on the sides. And as you go out, don't forget to enjoy Pelicans. It's our gift to you to kick off this wonderful conference that we're going to have. And please make sure you pray tonight for every child that's coming in. We love you, and we'll see you tonight.